Bonnelly is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness, because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. Yo, what up, what up, everybody? This is the Spawn of Me podcast with Kali Adams. I'm your host, Kali Adams. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you are having a wonderful time. I hope you're having a fantastic week. I hope you are enjoying yourselves in all the ways possible. I am back. It is time to get back on the horse and get some things going and into the mix. We are doing our show live here on twitch.tv slash spawn on me, rocking with all of you here while we make it happen in the world, in the universe, all the places that you reside and all the places that you find to be dope. It has been, to say the least, a <laughs> wild and wacky couple of months uh, here in Chicago. It has been something that, you know, it has been lots of things happening in real life and if you had seen the news on uh my twitter feed earlier this week uh i unfortunately lost my job uh and i'm now unemployed fun employed as the young kids would say um and it's been a pretty rough week in terms of getting back into the groove and, and getting into the space uh and finding good ways to kind of dig back into the content creation uh you know vibe right now um and but it's been good it's been really cool to kind of like pull back a step and and, and figure out where to kind of nail all the, the the conversations that i need to nail and and get you know some good spaces and good vibes back in this face uh, back into the space uh, but it's been rough y'all it's been uh, it's been hard uh, been fairly depressed and, and down um you know i think when you look to get into a field uh, and do some work in a space that feels really good and kind of connected to what you feel is really, really important. Um, it is, you, you put a lot of pressure on yourself to be good. You put a lot of pressure on yourself to be, you know, a, a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, and sometimes you fail at that. And sometimes that's not um, where those things land in the ways that you had hoped. And, and sometimes those things just don't really kind of go your way. And I, and I understand that part and it, it winds up happening and it's okay. Um, it is it is really cool to kind of you know come back into the vibe and to come back into the space uh it has been one of those things where i've had a lot of heart to heart things to think about uh, i've had a lot of conversations internally in my own brain about you know what i can do in this industry what i should be doing in, in this industry and i think the thing that I wanted to, to leave you all with in terms of that conversation is one, I'm good. I'm in a, I'm in an okay space mentally. We'll figure out the financials on what that means for me and my family in that way. Uh, we had just celebrated our 11th year anniversary this past weekend as well. Uh, so that stuff is, is, is in the mix too. But I think the thing that I want you to pull together as I kind of, work my way through all of this is one i really love doing this kind of content i think it's gotten me into every door that i've gotten into before it's given me the space to really be who i am in all the ways that i can be and when you see me doing content when you see me on here you see me doing anything in any other place that you see i'm it's me it is exactly who i am in every form and and, and part of my capacity as a human being to be that person i think the thing that is the hardest about that stuff is this pressure that goes alongside that that i put upon myself 
And it's nothing that the audience has done. It's nothing that any job has ever done. It's always me trying to feel like, how can I be the best at what I do? How can I be a person that people look up to in a lot of different ways, in, in ways that are good? Um, how can I also be a person who is trying to live this life in a, in a really good, smart, um, transparent way? And with that, you wind up feeling often that you are failing not only my audience, but failing who you want to be in a certain way. And I feel like that's a part of where I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling like the work that I was sadly, you know, tasked with that I failed at. I feel like I was a failure in a lot of different avenues for being not up to par at the position that I had. And also, you know, there's a layer of that stuff where you're like, hey, for, you know, the work that I wanted to do and that potential public per, per, uh, person that you would have seen in that particular position that there's like gravity to that. There's gravity to being a black man on, on potentially on a stage doing cool stuff, you know, showcasing really cool things that we were making and all those kinds of, of, of conversations and feeling like there are so few of us in positions like that, that when you don't get a chance to stick or when you don't stick, that that also feels like a failure too. Um, and that's a weird layer of um, heavy to put on yourself is like, you know, the conversation around blackness in the video game space is that there aren't enough of us here. And when you don't get a chance to land and stay in a spot and, and do the work that you want to do very publicly and very visibly, you feel like you let not only yourself down, but you let your people down and that feels bad. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm working my way through that. Uh, massive love to everyone who shared great, lovely amounts of thanks and kudos to, 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 to me just being here and being a person in the space. Um, massive love to everybody in the chat today who's, who's spreading love and giving love my way. It's, it's always really wonderful to have people you know be in your corner and to uh, really have an understanding that you still do have worth in this space. And, and now I'm trying to figure out, like, what does that actually mean? Um, what does it mean to be a person who has a, who wants to do something very public, but also has this platform and spawn on me that has not only given me this space to do this work, but also sometimes conflicts with the work that you can have in a nine to five job. Does that mean that I know what that means for the future of what this is? I don't know. Um, to be fairly honest, I'm still trying to work my way through it. Uh, still trying to figure out good ways to bring you all value with your time and your ears and your eyes. And, you know, we've tried some things in the past that didn't necessarily work, but they may, we may be smarter now than we were when we started that stuff. So, you know, in a way to help supplement the, the loss of income, we might go back to Patreon for a bit, uh, maybe do that. Um, I've been thinking about other outfits to maybe potentially join. I've been thinking about doing other content on other platforms alongside Spawn on Me and, and what that means. Uh, you know, now uh spawnies can continue to live and, and continue to grow in that space so there's some conversations there about what spawnies three looks like in a real way so there's a lot of conversation right now happening in the adams household and i just want all of you to know that i'm doing okay i'm working my way through it i have massive love to to everyone that i got a chance to work with um at the at that previous company they're all brilliant the stuff they're going to put out in the world is going to be fucking fantastic uh, and I was happy to just be a small part of that for the small amount of time that I was. Um, but it does mean that now the, the, the grind continues. 
the look for new kinds of work continues the look for new new things and in, in ways to incorporate not only the ideas that i have but the way that i want to work and the ways that i want to be public publicly in in any form of those kinds of roles is a little bit different um but i think for the most part you know i love what i get a chance to do here and i love having an audience and i love being able to talk to all of you not like i'm talking at you but i'm talking with you and i think that's been a really important part of our 10 years of spawn on me and what we've been able to do here on this planet while we continue to be what i think the premier podcast spotlighting people of color in the video game industry and we've been doing that work really damn well for a long time so i want to continue to do that um and 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 continue to to make some real dope stuff in the world and in this industry and, and, and across all the things that we get a chance to do. So massive love to all of you at home. We're going to talk a little bit about some fun stuff that's in the mix because the gaming news has been a little wild uh, in terms of where things have been going. And, and, you know, it's going to be, of course, really interesting to see how all of those things kind of play themselves out. So, Lots of conversations to dig into there. We're going to dig into our 411 in one second. And yeah, here's what's on tap for today. We got Redfall coming in. We're talking a little bit about the launch there. We're talking a little bit about the Mortal Kombat 12 tease, which I thought was really interesting and really cool to see how Ed Boon kind of teased some of that stuff out. And of course, a whole bunch of new Street Fighter stuff dropped. So let's get into the 411. Let's go. first up on the 411 redfall is out in the world and that has become a game that people are very 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 excited about yeah it, redfall is a wild game i think redfall as a conversation is really interesting i think redfall as a game in and of itself is actually really nuts the way that that game is kind of coming um into the space is going to be really wild i have been playing a bunch of it i've been playing a ton of it for about a week now um and i have to say that redfall currently in its in its state right now is not in a good spot i would not say that that game is doing well uh for multiple reasons i think the biggest avenue for redfall not kind of being in a good spot is one the frame rate is still a problem you know big conversation about where redfall was supposed to be uh was around a lot of the discussion about again the next gen that we're in how does this game gonna feel this is one of the major titles that's coming out of arcane and a tentpole one for microsoft coming into the space and and, and what does that mean for the kind of future of the xbox platform where they've landed in terms of the conversations that they've been trying to to pull forward um and what does that mean for the kind of you know overarching strategy for what we see xbox kind of doing i think what we wind up having seen with very lackluster reviews has been that there's a huge specter over what 
Xbox Studios and Xbox Game Studios has been trying to do and where they've landed so far. I think the idea of what they're wanting to do is continue to bring out really high-level, full-on games that people are really going to enjoy and really want to, you know, dig into. The problem is that the game doesn't feel that good from a lot of different aspects. The game world is very sparse. The game map is fairly small. The shooting, a thing that Arcane is really well known for in terms of the games, in terms of Dishonored and other things and Prey, that also feels a little bit wonky. And it feels like the 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 onus now winds up going back to Microsoft to say, so what are we going to do now when our games don't hit? And when they haven't hit over a long period of time, I think Arcane now has to go back to the drawing board when they've talked about a kind of re-upping of the, the patches that they're going to do and they're going to add a performance mode so that you don't only just get a 30 frames per second mode in the, in, in the console version of the game. But currently, usually even when you have a 30 frames per second game, it can feel okay even on Xbox Series X, which is where I played initially, it doesn't feel good even on that console, which is their flagship beefiest console. This is the one where everything is going to be, you know, in the mix and in a real big way, kind of be the game that they are looking to kind of capture in that way. And it's not really doing any of that work and it feels weird that that's a part of that conversation in such a much bigger and broader way when redfall was supposed to be the game that everyone was going to say all right now we're kicking things into gear on the xbox side of things all the all the sony fanboys were really upset and really hyped to see us fail we have a banger in a, in a studio and a game that we know puts out great great content and sadly that game didn't hit the mark in a way that felt good at all. And it winds up being one of those things where people are like, well, if this game isn't actually doing that work in a good way, what does that mean for the rest of the portfolio that Microsoft is supposed to be bringing to the table when they fix co-op, like ghetto nerd society has talked about in the chat, uh, that may be a thing, but there are super amounts of bugs when you're going into the game trying to play in co-op. Even when I play in single player mode, I remember being killed by a, by a vampire and you have to go back to that spot to go fight that vampire again. That vampire was in this weird, it couldn't shoot it state. I had to reload my entire load, get back into the game and then go back and go fight that vampire with the hopes that nothing would go wrong and that I wouldn't die so that I would have to do that entire section all over again. I think it talks to a lot of parts of the conversation around game development. I know everyone in the space is continuously trying to figure out who's the boogeyman when it comes to making games in terms of when things don't necessarily hit the mark. But the real answer for a lot of that conversation is there are a ton of different reasons why a game may not necessarily hit the mark in terms of visual fidelity, frame rate, you know, the way things happen with bugs and QA. There's a bunch of different reasons why per every different title and every project, why a thing might work and why a thing might not work. And it doesn't really do any justice for folks to play the armchair quarterback and try to figure out good ways to say, 
well, this is the reason why this thing didn't work. And I know it to be true because no one knows what happened at Arcane to keep this in, or to at least let this launch in this particular state. And I don't know what it is. And I don't know what that answer is. The thing I do know is that what this does is it puts a lot of pressure on every other studio who's going to be coming out after this. You know, Arctic in their chat says, could be, could Microsoft be a little too hands-off with the studio or could we imagine a QA submission is required before a game is released? So, from what I know of game development, and this is just like conversations I've had over the years about stuff, is like, before you go gold, there is a certain level of certification that you have to hit in terms of not only content, but bugs and, you know, playability, you know, does it meet and match the ESRB ratings that it's supposed to? There's lots of different ways that the game gets certified before it goes out to be kind of produced in that way. And a lot of times what happens is, you wind up kind of having to determine which part of that ecosystem gets the most amount of love in the time that you have for building the project that you want to build. And sometimes that just changes. Like there are things that happen. And again, we're still talking about development within COVID. There's so many different versions of why a thing could potentially not hit and go exactly the way it was planned. But the problem is as, and I wouldn't say problem, but the, the, the thing that changes that conversation from a, consumer perspective is like consumers don't have to care about any of that part of the conversation they just want a product that works well and is working to what you advertised and what you marketed towards and i think that's the hard part for most development teams is that you're constantly trying to figure out and try to figure out what's the balance of what you can get in before a game goes out to the world what's the best way to put out a good product towards the vision that you had what are the ways that you kind of dovetail those things together and make sure that when you're putting something out that it feels like you're not bsing your your player base or the consumer in that way and i don't think again this is the thing i've said across 10 years of doing the show is that i never think any team goes into the process of making a game and saying we're not going to put out a fully fledged, really good product here. I think there are things that happen that, that push things along. I think there are conversations that happen between publishers and developers and studios that may accelerate the, 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 how fast the game has to come out. I think there are conversations about like, should you hold a game versus should you not? Because there isn't a lot of stuff on your particular platform that is coming out soon. And then trying to align that stuff with the calendar of releases that, you know, are potentially going to be, you know, in your, in your range in terms of what's happening in terms of the game space and there's a part of the conversation about like you know and, and we see this from Captain Insano in our chat saying you know announcing games too early it's very rare and I think that's a marketing conversation more than it is anything else I think there's always this push and pull between marketing and the folks who are making the game to say you need a certain amount of time to ramp up your marketing to make sure that enough people can see it enough people know that that's happening and what's the gap between when you announce a thing and when you're able to put a thing out for the audience to kind of consume and you've hardly ever seen a like we announce a thing and then three months later it drops right that means that thing has been fully baked for a long period of time and that that thing is ready to roll and it's been ready to roll for a while 
most teams are coming in kind of hot. I don't think most teams are building stuff in that way that they have enough leeway and enough runway to be able to to balance that out and have that like hot drop Beyonce album kind of thing where they're like, we just announced this thing two two weeks ago. Two weeks from now, the game is coming out. That's very, very, very rare. That's not a thing that happens at all in most ways that you see gaming launches happen because you want as much build up to be able to kind of tell the story of your game, to kind of give the narrative about what that game is and to be able to fully have enough eyes and ears on it to be able to kind of pull that together in a way that's going to galvanize people and get people excited for it. And gaming and the gaming industry is so much built around the excitement of getting you excited as a player for what that thing is going to wind up being. Cause like anybody could just drop a game and be like, here's the game. It's coming out. All right. Are you excited about that thing? Do you know much about it? Do you have any information to be able to tell your friends about it? Cause a lot of times word of mouth is the biggest version of marketing you can do. So, it changes a lot of the conversation, not only for what Redfall is going to do and for what that's going to mean, but it's going to change a lot of the things moving forward for, for not only Xbox Studios and for the other games that are going to be coming out, a.k.a. Starfield. I think every time a game comes out on a Microsoft Game Studios platform or from one of those studios and it doesn't hit, it puts infinite amounts of more pressure on Starfield to be the biggest banger of all time for Microsoft Studios. I was watching kind of funny a little bit earlier today and I heard Tim Geddes talk about this, talk about the same conversation and it was really telling. It was like, I think that the energy in the room around Starfield is still one in which we haven't still seen a lot of gameplay. We know that there's going to be a, 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 I think we know that there's going to be some version of content or some, um, showcase that's going to be doing some stuff around Starfield. And I think once we see that, we'll have a better understanding of like where the game is. But I do think this puts more pressure on Starfield. This puts more pressure on Avow. This puts more pressure on Turn Ten and 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 uh, Forza. Like it just puts more pressure down the road for all the other teams that are going to be making games and coming out the pipe really, really, hopefully, kind of soon. Starfield has to be a banger now. I wonder what this means for Microsoft in the way that they're thinking about how do they think about marketing? How do they potentially go even not harder, but like dig a little bit more about the state states of games and getting more updates potentially from particular parts of their gaming development studio ecosystem? Um, it just changes a lot of the ways that we think about what those things are going to wind up being moving forward for Xbox, who needs a win desperately. Like, they, the, the idea now about, like, Xbox Game Pass being the best value on the planet is true and also puts pressure on that, too, where even the games that are in Game Pass are going to have to perform really, really well for people to care enough about it because there's right now a feeling that like Xbox is behind the eight ball in a really big way. Summer Games Fest is going to have to be a big thing for Microsoft more than there's anybody else coming into this new summer of games. Because at this point, we haven't seen a lot of the games that they have coming out 
haven't seen any lot haven't seen a lot of updates and we haven't seen and heard a lot more about the stuff that we knew was coming and the stuff that even if you drop a new trailer for an unannounced game that's going to be happening and it's going to be on the Xbox platform that doesn't that doesn't have as much cachet because there isn't a line where people can see and be like well they we have enough faith in the games that they're going to put out because these last two games are really really good they don't have that anymore and that's a part of the conversation that they are going to have to shore up in a lot of different ways from a lot of different people and maybe this means that the studios have to be more out front maybe this means that the 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 platform is going to have to do something in that in that conversation to kind of like change and reset expectations it may be a thing that like even i know people really poo-pooing the idea of like a mid a mid um console refresh but if studios and games are struggling to get to a 40 60 world with one that we had been talking about being the thing that is going to happen within this generation which again we're so early on in this generation if generations are going to be a little bit longer i'm sorry if generations are going to be shorter you might see more of refreshes happening on a hardware perspective that just changes a lot of the way that the messaging is going to have to happen from the microsoft family of studios and for microsoft corporate and for microsoft and xbox corporate in a, in a real big way like you know uh, i would love to get folks on the show to talk about what that means in in a big way i think you know i i wonder i don't think this tarnishes arcane's legacy in any real way there every every studio is allowed a stinker to, to kind of to kind of be in their in their portfolio but this was a game that when we played it in previews felt really really good and it felt great i played it on pc and the PC experience is very different. I don't care what Greg Miller says. The PC experience is actually a lot better for this game than it was when I played it. And I'm, I had some some B-roll that I took of me playing the game that I just forgot to load into the streaming software. But that stuff felt different. It, felt, it feels better on PC because that hardware is just beefier. And maybe it was a thing that was... I don't think optimized differently but it's just it just feels better on the pc as it does even on the console which i think is a weird thing to see in this day and age where i'm so used to seeing pc ports not be that great but we're seeing now that the way to play redfall right now as of this moment as of today the 2nd of may 2023 the place to play redfall is on pc it is not on console it does not play well on console at all. It does not play well there at all. So we'll see what that means for them. I'm hoping that they are figuring out a way to kind of drop some good news about what this is going to wind up being. I think they have some patching to do in a real way. I'm not finished with the game yet. I'm still kind of early on. Um, and we'll have a full review sometime down the road once once it's done. Uh, once I got a chance to play more of it because I'm, I'm a little bit uh behind in terms of games that i've been playing but there's a lot of really good stuff in the mix that's that's in there but it just doesn't feel fully there like you can see there's some good legs on that table but the table the top of that table is not steady it's not level um so i'm hoping that that's going to be a thing that they fix and, and can make happen in a real big way very very soon 
Uh, next up is all about Mortal Kombat in the 30th year anniversary. Uh, Ed Boon has been teasing, 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 teasing for the past couple of months. Random things here and there around what potentially could be in the space for Mortal Kombat 12. And we finally got a smidgen of something in a video that was posted from Warner Brothers and from NetherRealm uh, earlier this week that was celebrating the 30-year anniversary of the game. Uh, it is wild to say that this game has been out for 30 years already. That is nuts to say. Um, but all of us Mortal Kombat heads and Mortal Kombat fans are like salivating and waiting and hoping for something dope to come through uh, because this is the year of fighting games. We're going to talk a little bit about Street Fighter 6 in a second, but this is going to be the biggest year for fighting games that we've ever seen. This is going to be the like year that when people talk about video game fighting games, they will mark the year 2023 and say, that was probably one of the best years that we've ever had for fighting games ever, where Every studio is putting out a game that is looking exciting, looking fantastic, looking really, really cool, and is potentially pushing the genre forward. Um, what is cool about this 30-year anniversary tease is that, you know, if you were paying attention to the the previous game, there was a character called Chronica, and there was this whole storyline around changing the time and having like multiple time uh, uh, like multiverses uh, stuff happening in there so like time changing all that kind of stuff and Ed was like we got one cool thing and they would do this thing about time uh, 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 time glasses or you know watch uh, watch glasses I can't remember the name of the thing uh, you know what I'm talking about the thing you turn and it turns and the, and the sand turns and then turn and again and the sand turns and all that kind of stuff Hourglasses. I couldn't think of the name Hourglasses. My God, I'm an idiot. But uh, it winds up pulling into the conversation. What does this mean? Chronica was the person who in that ethos and in that game was the one who was massaging and changing time, building out these multiverses and doing all this stuff. And you see in the video this hourglass kind of turn over and you see this last little grain of sand kind of um, fall to the end of the, the hourglass. What does that mean? I have no idea. Uh, there may be some cool stuff showing soon. I don't know. All I know is that Ed Boone, please come on spawn on me. I want you to come on spawn on me. It would be so fun if you come on spawn on me. I have so many questions for you. Um, and it tells me that you know, one of the things that got leaked earlier this year was a conversation around Mortal Kombat being released in this calendar year. So if you look at the timetable on where things are currently, if you think about how it works from a marketing perspective, where does that make the most sense for them to potentially show something? E3 is no longer here. Game Awards is too late because that happens in December. What other gaming events are happening in the year that might be a good spot for that? Probably Summer Games Fest. So, with that being a thing, and now it's the seeing, seeing that the, the team is kind of ramping up, or at least being a little bit more vocal about something happening 
on that side. I wouldn't be surprised if we get something during Summer Games Fest this year that's like, hey, we have a really cool game to show. Here is Mortal Kombat 12, a teaser. Or maybe we even get first gameplay. It would make sense because if you're not going to show... I have a feeling it may be like, maybe something happens at Summer Games Fest and then they'll do what they did at the last MK11 event because they have a special event and bring people out to it and, and let people roll through and come and check out the game and get some hands on with it. Street Fighter has been doing a ton of that. It would make a lot of sense for, for, for Mortal Kombat to do the same. All I know is I am ridiculously excited about that game. I have been dying to have more of it in the space. I have been wanting to hear more information and I am just like crying, waiting for more goodness to come out about what that's going to be. Next and last story of this week is all around Street Fighter Six. Uh, we got this great, this great visual and this this great uh, uh, footage from our friends over at IGN. Uh, shout out to the fam uh, Mitchell Saltzman uh, who went down and checked out the game for IGN. And this game is just going to be ridiculously dope. Like, if there's one thing that I think is going to be the thing that's going to pull away from the conversation of street fighter six is that this is going to be the game for everyone this is going to be the game for people who are new to the fighting game genre this is going to be heaven for the folks who are going to be the die hard fighting game fans this is going to be people who are looking to go into like i want to make a wacky game creation character and fight around the world tour stuff gonna be nuts the people who love to watch fighting games evo is gonna be madness this year everything even moving up into evo is gonna be wild because this game is just gonna be everywhere and i have a feeling it's just gonna pull a lot of folks out into the woodwork out from the woodwork who were you know maybe lapsed gamers folks who who weren't playing all the time and, and who folks who are like kind of maybe even left the fighting game space for a little bit uh, to be able to see if this will pull them in because you know today was a day that pulled ridiculous amounts of players who they had had come down and go check out the game at Capcom's headquarters. There's a lot of content on YouTube right now about players, about characters, about all of that stuff, and. What's going to happen is, is like, there's just going to be so many people playing. Like, I think one of the things that changes in, in the gaming space and especially in the fighting game space is that you wind up getting folks who are the diehards and it winds up feeling very niche. I think what they've done with this kind of game is that you have so many folks who are either coming back to it and finding characters that they really want to play again there's new characters in the game that are going to be really dope that i'm just hyped about and i think there's just going to be you know with the way that this game is going to work so many ways that you're going to be able to just enjoy it and play it and dig into it and find things that are going to be exciting for you to check out where I can see so many of the offline tournament scene kind of regalvanizing. I can see so many parts of the online space being really, really good and being cool. It's just going to be brilliant for so many different ways for people to check out stuff. Um, so cause make sure you're going to check out a lot of the goodies that are out there um, because there are just so many content creators who did a whole bunch of cool stuff. I think of... Um, Say Jam, who who had some really good stuff out there. Uh, Spooky uh, has some good stuff out there uh, today. 
and, and it's really thoughtful and, and even and definitely go check this out too this video that's um on ign right now about not only some new characters but the world tour stuff which i think is going to be the biggest part of you know all of this stuff in this way i think um Braun man from the fifth floor says in the chat the game looks good i just hope the fgc doesn't get too territorial with all the new fighting games this year i think i think this is going to be one of those times where we don't see that actually i think this is going to be a time where because there are so many different games out the thing that will be different is that people will pick a specialty game and then they will play stuff on the side which is the thing that most fighting game players especially folks who are in the tournament scene do already i think you will find your main the one you really want to be good at so that you can place high and potentially win in a tournament and then you have the folks who are like I've never really dug into Tekken like that. Let me play around in the Tekken space. Oh, I've never really dug around on the Street Fighter fight on the Street Fighter side of things. I've always been an MK fan. Let me go dig there. Depending upon what we see from the MK side, I think we'll determine which places people go and which which kind of games people latch on to. I think it's an unknown factor right now. I think that we've seen a lot of systems in the Street Fighter Six space, and we've seen a lot of systems, and we've seen a lot of characters in the the the, the Tekken Seven. I think second seven or eight, second eight space. They are kind of showing their hands already. MK is the only one that hasn't yet. So we'll see how and if when they show things, if that gets people excited who are diehard MK fans. If that does, then we're eating real good. Guilty Gear Strive is still in space doing really well. All these other games are doing really, really well. It's just going to be a blast for everyone involved. So I'm just super hyped about what that means and what that's going to be for for so many different you know people in that space it just is going to be so cool to see what's going to kind of come down the pipeline and and who's going to be you know kind of taking over um in those spaces in a, in a real big way i think once we know then we'll have a much better kind of perspective on what that's going to look like and once we do have that perspective then we'll be able to kind of see you know where things are going to land in a real big way because i think right now it's just an unknown there just isn't enough information yet to really get people super excited about the prospect of what that's going to be but we have time that's the beauty of it i think you know a lot of these games are coming out fairly soon i think street fighter is definitely going to come out the million dollar tournament is going to add a lot of layer to that conversation the ways that people are thinking about the game in itself and and the kind of you know base layer and mind you with all of these games this is just the opening act for this stuff this is just the beginning we haven't even gotten into like season one season two content where more characters are going to be coming out and new stuff is going to happen in that space so man it's going to be a fun time i'm getting i got to get the the, the the fight stick ready and, and, and make it happen because it's going to be just a real wild time today so uh before we get about it here i do want to talk a little bit about one game that i'm playing uh in a real way and let's jump into what we've been playing right about now so the big game on my what i've been playing list has been star wars jedi survivor man this game is good it is blown away my expectations it has been something that i did not expect to really be mega invested in in this way but like 
you know, shout out to our friends over at Gamertag Radio who did a really great review and, and conversation on their podcast. But I really do want to, like, you know, piggyback off the sentiment that Paris and Danny shared that, like, this is the best Star Wars game we've seen in a long time. The game with customization, the game with <laughs> the game with the way it looks, the way it sounds, the way that you're kind of pulling together so many different parts of the ethos of what this game is supposed to be, the new locales, the new people you're fighting alongside with, the new monsters, all this stuff, just from like a level of polish. This is what when people are like, I, I am going to spend $70 for a game. This is what they're looking for. You know, I'm still, I still need to go back through and play Burning Sands or Burning, I think it's Burning Sands for Horizon. Um, Because I just have an expectation for that game to just be phenomenal too. But like, this Star Wars game is really, really good in a way that I just didn't expect. You know, Cal Kestis as a character, I still don't know if I buy into him. But as a person who is not a mega Star Wars fan, it just feels like they thought of everything to ramp up what the game was previously. Burning Shores. Thank you, uh, Paris, in the chat. Uh, Burning Shores. Uh, for Horizon, that was. Um, it just feels like a lot of the conversations here around what this game can be, and not only what this game can be, but what Respawn has been able to do with an IP that is beloved is a much bigger conversation now about like giving them the ball and letting them run than we've ever seen before. Because if they are able to do this, this just amps up what people want from other games from them and makes us just say, God damn it, really? Can we not get another Titanfall? We know that you can do this well. You've done it well twice. You've made Star Wars like super relevant in the video game space. There's gotta be a way to get Titanfall in here in some form or fashion. I would love it. How do we do it? Can we make it happen? Um, but I'll say this. I'm having a blast with the game so far. I'm, I'm not super far in. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of catching up on my backlog. But it does feel extremely good to be able to go back into this world to really figure out what's happening in this story, which I think is really well done. And... It does the thing that every Star Wars car every, every Star Wars game does. It's like pulls you into a world, lets you think about what your protagonist is doing into a way that feels like you're really along for the ride. Pulls in cute characters that you're going to care about besides BD One, which is still super cute, um, and brings in semi new baddies for you to kind of contend with and really dig into about not only the combat, which is really good, um, but world building which which is all about what star wars does really really well i think star wars as an ip continues to be really brilliant about pulling those things together and, and, and making you feel something about the world that you're in and the game that you're playing and all of those layers in between you know bravo to them it has been really really fun to be able to kind of check that stuff out and see where they've landed it and and it just feels really really good to be able to you know, continue to feel like those parts of the games are just really coming together well. It feels smart to be able to feel like Star Wars in the hands of Respawn, in the hands of EA is doing well. And just think about this too. EA as a company that was for years crapped on and poo-pooed about and all they care about is your money and all they care about this stuff. They have had some bangers of late. Dead Space, Paris Can't Cook, uh, you know, the, you know, 
Star Wars lineage, really good. The funny thing about EA currently is that the biggest hole in their game right now is the thing that they are the most known for, which is their sports titles. That's the kind of wild thing if you really think about it. They are having the like single player narrative piece really well done. You know, they have the new game that's going to be the first person like kind of um warlock kind of game. I can never say the name of it right, but like that looks like it's going to be super cool when it drops. They showed a video of that fairly fairly uh, early. And I just have to say, like, EA is doing really great work in the space right now. Like, they, as a publisher and as a, as a studio and studios, uh, are doing really well in terms of, like, bringing really good, fruitful, like, really well-thought-out games, remakes back out into the space in a much bigger way. I'm, I'm excited to see where they continue to kind of pull this through and also excited to see what other stuff is kind of coming down the pipeline for things like Summer Games Fest. You know, Nintendo is going to be dropping stuff with the new Zelda game. There's going to be a lot of things in the mix. I think in the overarching conversation about like what we're going to be able to play, although a game like Redfall doesn't feel like it hit the mark and hit the bar, there's going to be a lot of a lot of stuff to play out here that's going to be really, really well done and fairly, fairly good in terms of what we're going to be able to see and play and get a chance to mess around with. So. Lots of things to discuss in there. You can look at the back of the uh, of the studio. You see, I've been playing a bunch of my PlayStation VR as well. There's a lot of good stuff in that conversation I'm going to be digging into in the up- upcoming shows and upcoming weeks. Uh, there's some more stuff that's coming in while I get myself back acclimated to you know, being in, in, in the mix again, uh, when it comes to spawn and me and all those things. So we'll be sure to make sure to tell all of you what the new things is, that's going to be coming down the pipeline. And what does that mean for all of you? Um, if you have subscribed to the show on Apple podcasts or any other podcast platform, um, definitely uh make sure that you're still following the show uh sometimes when a show doesn't go out for a week or two it unsubscribes you from the feed so please make sure you go back in make sure that you're uh subscribed to the show and make sure that you're catching all the new episodes we're going to be putting out stuff more often we will even be doing some kind of shorter content some small blasts when smaller pieces of news come out to be able to get that into the mix so make sure you're checking that out because that'll be not only on our uh audio feeds but we may be even doing some video i've been thinking about doing some more short form video stuff so that'll be in the mix too and we have some announcements too we have some cool stuff uh that i just nailed down again uh in the past literally prior to the show uh so summer games fest is going to be a thing we'll be there covering the show making it happen i'll be definitely hanging out there kicking paris in his knee and everybody else um and yeah, we'll have a lot of fun stuff here here on Swan and Me coming back for all of our stuff in year 10 of our show. So we ain't dead yet. <laughs> We're still here. We're still kicking. We still got dope stuff to come through. So make sure you're checking out all the feeds. Make sure you follow us up on social media at Spawn on Me at Khalif Adams. I don't have a check, but I'm still verified in my life and in my mind and in my heart. <laughs> and also today second game of the semifinals in the nba eastern conference playoffs the knicks are battling the heat i still don't know if jimmy butler's playing but we have to win this game if not we are cooked 
So we got to win this game. We got to make sure it's happening and it's going to be a lot of fun. So until next time, until next episode, wash your hands, wash your butt. We'll be back with more Spawn on Me. And I am so excited to be able to do this work and have you all here with me in Bricago. Bricago, we are forever. We ain't never going nowhere. Much love to you all. We'll see you all soon. Peace.